When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And now, Thriller Thursdays on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance recommended. The Case Book of Justice and Dixon. The Case of the Defective Detective, Part 1. The name is Justice, Jack Justice. There comes a time in any man's life when he comes to realize that his friends are now his family. Or maybe that's just me. Not everyone bears the Justice family curse of the overweighty and under-illuminated family backstory, it is true. But I have observed that there comes a time when every newly minted adult leaves behind the bucolic and sometimes entirely metaphorical splendor of the family farm and sets out to make their mark in the big bad city. That turns out badly often enough that it keeps private detectives the world over gainfully employed, but for those whose fates do not stumble down such a dark and narrow path, it almost always leads to the establishment of a new, second family. One that bakes fewer biscuits, to be sure, but family nonetheless. And then the years go by and our temples gray ever so slightly and things change. The comfortable, supporting players of one's domestic comedy get pulled in their own directions, and one day you stop and realize that While they may always be like family, you have not seen their faces in longer than you can quite recall, nor could you speculate as to just when you might again. I'm not complaining. Fate has been kind to me, and no one knows better than I just how little I deserve it. But when your family of friends begins to drift away, one becomes protective of the bit players, even if one never really liked them very much. They are the peeling wallpaper of the comfortable sitting room in which one plans to spend one's declining years. Maybe that was what got us into trouble this time. Or maybe it was just the usual cocktail of bravado, greed, and sour mash that greased the wheels of our handcart to Hades on an average day at the mighty world headquarters of Justice and Dixon Private Investigations. Perhaps I should explain. Or since my foreshadowing is getting a little long in the tooth, perhaps I should just mention that the door opened at that particular moment and the world revealed Matt Dawson, attorney at law, looking as if he just might be the reason for it all. Well, 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 Trixie said with something between genuine warmth and a predatory sneer, which was a pretty warm welcome by the girl detective standards. Well, yourself, Dawson said with a raise of his eyebrow. Lesser mortals have swooned for smaller gestures. I observed without jealousy that Dawson was not an unhandsome fellow, and immaculately dressed as always, as befits his profession and his status within it. You still haven't walked out on this hat rack, Trixie? That is a question properly addressed to the saintly Mrs. Justice, which merciful heaven be praised is not now nor never will be me, Trixie said, leaning forward with an intensity that suggested, even if the jury was still out on seducing and abandoning our guest of 34 seconds, she was certainly inclined to amuse herself with him for an unspecified amount of time. I feel it is important to point out that it was 10.32 on a Tuesday, just for context. 
Coffee, Dawson? I asked because it seemed a little early for anything stronger, and there was a fresh pot of something special from Alex that I was keen to show off. Please, Dawson said with a glance at a pocket watch so fleeting that he couldn't possibly have gleaned any information from it. When one measures one's life in the coffee spoons of billable hours, such ticks are an occupational hazard. If Dawson had even noticed the gesture, he gave no sign. Do you know at Gillis and Baker there are a small army of ladies who push a coffee cart from office to office, meeting to meeting, spreading joy wherever they go? Trixie said nothing to this, lost as she was in her doubtlessly filthy thoughts. Given that this is all that they do, Dawson said, taking his cup with a courteous nod of his head, why is it that the coffee is better here? The secret ingredient is love, I said stone-faced. I believe it, Dawson said, taking a sip as if it were a cup of Earl Grey handed to him by Her Majesty the Queen herself. He looked down into the depths of the red leather chair. What happened to your other dog, he asked. Other dog? Trixie cracked her neck slightly as she often did before a brawl. The thinner dog, Dawson said, digging his own grave. What happened to him? The years went by and he turned into the fatter, lazier dog that you see before you, I said. He is not fat or old, Trixie lied, daring anyone to contradict her. Time passes for us all, Dawson said with a smooth smile before correcting himself. Except for you, it seems, Trixie. I expect you have a portrait in an attic somewhere. Nice, Trixie said, the smile returning. Miss Dixon is not vain, but she does appreciate the effort. What brings you by, Dawson, I asked. The coffee and the grilled detective are both fresh, but you only ring our bell when you have a problem your masters don't like. Or that you can't pawn off on the industrious staff at Braithwaite's, Trixie offered. Well, this certainly qualifies, Dawson said with a slight sigh. Take a load off and spill, I offered. Before I begin, I must stress the confidential nature of what follows, Dawson said, looking serious about it. Dawson had done a stint in the district attorney's office before the war, and it had left him with a weakness for technicalities that he couldn't cover with his smooth, high-priced persona. That is no trouble at all, counselor, I said. We get $39.95 a day plus expenses. Dawson paused and drummed his fingers on his neatly buttoned vest. You haven't even... I mean, I haven't... Client confidentiality only protects our clients, Dawson, I shrugged. You know this. I can make you any sort of promise that you like, but a smart ADA would pull that apart like taffy unless you've signed on the dotted. You did it to me more than once back in the day. I guess I did, Dawson said glumly, his gaze settling on the panther-like shape of the girl detective at rest. You all right with this particular ambush, he asked. Trixie shrugged with deeply feigned disinterest. Granny Dixon used to say that anybody who smells that good can afford a week in advance. Was she a detective? Dawson asked, intrigued. Was who a what now? Trixie frowned. Your grandmother, he prompted. Oh, Peach Pit, that was a lie, she said with a delicate frosting of pity. I was being adorable. You do smell fantastic, by the way. Mr. Dawson was smooth, but not smooth enough to not be pleased with this revelation. Thanks, he said. I can do three days as a discretionary expenditure... Any more, and I need approval from accounting. Don't feel bad, Trixie said. If we had an accounting department, you would hear them quietly sobbing into their ledgers. Why don't we split the difference? I'll start typing up a contract for three days Will you make with the skinny. If at any point along the way either side gets the screaming heebie-jeebies, we can tear the thing up and part as friends. Yes? Dawson nodded and took a seat at last, with the air of a man whose objection has been sustained. She had let him off the hook, just a little, but Trixie never liked to commit to anything until she knew exactly what the damage was, no matter how many wolves were at the door. She always had enough stalls that she could walk away clean, which was as good a metaphor for Trixie as I had ever had, and no mistake. 
Well, Dawson said, lighting up a cigarette without asking if anyone minded. I don't quite know where to begin. I frowned at the flagrant use of cliché. Why not start with what client could possibly afford Gillis and Baker, but still be so far beneath Braithwaite's? Braithwaite, Dawson said, smoke encircling his head like a halo. I'm pretty sure it's Braithwaite's, I said with a certain amount of irritation. I am wrong often enough that I don't mind hearing it, but don't correct me when I happen to be right. There's a possessive to indicate that the biggest detective agency in town and everything in it belongs to Braithwaite. You misunderstand me, Dawson said, not unamused. The client who has been refused the service of Braithwaite's the agency is Braithwaite himself. The man, the legend, what have you. Lawrence Braithwaite? Trixie stopped typing her eyes wide. What did he do? Not a thing, Dawson said. He is as completely innocent as all of my other clients. What a marvelous coincidence, Trixie said with a bat of her lashes. I've always thought so, Dawson nodded. What is he charged with, I asked. Murder in the first, Dawson said with a casual air that was almost a yawn, of his business manager, one Michael Sabatinsky. We all took a minute to let this settle in. The gentleman detective, I tried and failed to sound unimpressed. The very same, Matt Dawson agreed. Is he in custody, I tried and failed to sound unexcited. He is, he said, taking another little pull on his cigarette. Is he in stripes, I tried and failed to sound unlike a kid at Christmas. Dawson frowned. You know, prison issue isn't striped anymore, of course, he said, rolling the cigarette in his fingers. I nodded. And you know, of course, that they still call them stripes, I agreed. So is he in them or not? He is, Dawson nodded. I turned to Trixie. I'm not telling you how to type, but for Pete's sake, do it faster, I pleaded. This I gotta see. I don't know what voodoo Matt Dawson had worked, but he had kept the Braithwaite story quiet long enough for the gentleman detective to be processed out of one police plaza altogether and to be shipped north to the Riverhead Correctional Facility. This was good and bad. Good because every day the story was under wraps was one day fewer of catastrophic impact on a reputation that had been built for the benefit of nice, genteel clients who could pay and corporate accounts like the law firm of Gillis and Baker. Bad because Riverhead was nowhere you wanted to be, no matter who you were. A long time ago, I had enjoyed the hospitality for 30 days on a contempt charge that I probably deserved, but still didn't appreciate. I could tell at a glance that Lawrence Braithwaite was probably enjoying it less than I had, if such a thing were possible. He looked up from the bench as we entered, and sneered, with as much contempt and dignity as a man at rock bottom could possibly muster. I thought I told you to get some detectives, he growled, not these yahoos. Be nice, Matt Dawson warned. He wasn't shirty about it, but he knew that if he turned and walked out the door, the gentleman detective might never see the sun again. We sat on the bench opposite Braithwaite, on either side of Dawson. Nice to see you again, Mr. Braithwaite, Trixie said in a clipped professional tone. Do I know you? Braithwaite sneered. Nice try, Lawrence, I said, having none of this. You either remember us well enough to know that we are, in fact, yahoos, or you have never seen us before. Which is it? Marvelous, Mr. Holmes, Braithwaite said, his upper lip curled. Thank goodness you've come. I do what I can, I nodded. You're enjoying this, Braithwaite said accusingly. So far, I agreed. Dawson raised his hand slightly as if trying to take back the reins. Perhaps it is best to begin at the beginning, he offered. I don't think so, I shook my head. You ran us through the jacket on the way down here and we'll go over it all again later. I don't need him for that. Listen to him talk like a detective, Braithwaite glared at me. I almost believe it myself. Thanks, I nodded. 
There's one thing Miss Dixon and I need to know that no one else but you can tell us, sir. Just one? Braithwaite was amused. Our firm is a small one, sir, Trixie took over, but we have seen our share of trouble with the law over the years. And in all that time, neither of us has ever thrown the other under the metaphorical bus, no matter how much we may have wanted to throw one another under the actual bus. You might not want to lead with any of this in a client meeting, Braithwaite deadpanned. You aren't our client, Trixie pointed to Dawson. He is. How come your pack of dogs don't answer their master's call, Mr. Braithwaite, I asked. Why don't they have your back? I don't think you need to know that, Braithwaite snapped. I shook my head. I disagree, I said. And if you don't like what the cat dragged in today, imagine how you feel when you see who he gets to replace us tomorrow. Tomorrow is no good, Dawson said coolly. Mr. Braithwaite is very keen to clear this matter up before he appears in open court. That's a tall order, Trixie said simply. I have told him this, Dawson agreed. Braithwaite sat on his bench and looked at us, uncertain of whom to strangle first. Do you need me to repeat the question, sir, I asked. Braithwaite shifted in his seat. A number of years ago, ownership of the firm was transferred to my wife, for tax purposes. I nodded. Technically still Braithwaite's and no harm done, except when push came to shove, it was a lot less technical than you'd hoped, wasn't it? I offered. How did that happen? Well, let me rephrase. What were you doing and to whom were you doing it? Braithwaite glanced at my left hand quickly. You're a married man, Mr. Justice. I am, and I said that I was. Then you know how it is. Yes, sir, I do, I agreed. I would argue that you do not. A wise man once told me something many years ago that has served me well. Never gamble with something you aren't prepared to lose. I don't have to sit here and take homespun advice from the likes of you, Braithwood rose and called for the guard. Dawson, you're supposed to be the best. I expect results, he barked as he was led away. Dawson lit another cigarette. That went well, he said. This is Thursday Thrillers, audio with action on the Mutual Audio Network. Join us tomorrow on Mutual with Friday Follies, the end-of-the-week collection of comedy cut-ups. You can subscribe to the full Mutual Audio Network feed for every day of audio drama that fits your fancy. Or find the Friday Follies feed in your favorite podcast players. Now that's a lot of effus. The Mutual Audio Drama Network where we listen and imagine together.